welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. And we're back. Fusion Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Joshua. Welcome. Welcome. Of course, if you don't already know, if you weren't already following, you should be on Twitter, anywhere else. It's at Fusion FFB, and you can find my own one at generally underscore aware. I try to be generally. Yes, I the puns. It's not funny when other people do it. I'm just just so you know, it's 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 not actually funny. It's not supposed to be a running joke. Uh, it's it's just an account name. All right, so what we've been doing here for much of the regular season, and I kind of stopped uh, the week before last week and took Thanksgiving week off, but what I was doing for much of the season was planning, trying to help you guys plan more than just a week ahead, but two weeks ahead with the next week tonight series. If you're wondering what that is and why you should listen to it when I do it next year, just listen to my last episode, episode 65, the one called I Was Right, because in it I go over all the ways we were right a week or more than a week ahead of time, uh, which just highlights all the ways that you could have benefited from listening. I, I hope everyone understood. I hope everyone got the spirit in which that was made. Um and I explain it by the end, but if you just kind of tuned into the beginning, I, I guess some people might have gotten a little uh, turned off by it, but I don't really care. Um, that's fine. I hope if you got it, then you stuck around. Great. If you didn't, then you're, you're probably not going to like this podcast. So, all right. The idea was just to, to look at all the ways that um, the experiment worked because it really was an experiment. And so it, I think it did. That's last episode. This is this episode. This is not called last episode tonight. This is next. No, this isn't next week tonight. We're not doing that anymore. I don't know what I'm doing anymore is the problem because as I was saying, we, we were already a weeks ahead. So now that we're getting into the playoff season, it's like, well, what am I going to do? I already, I already told you who you should have been picking up. I don't have anything to help you anymore, hardly. Uh, short of just doing start sits, but that requires a lot more, you know, interaction. I hate just giving a, a blanket list of players who you may or may not have on your 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 teams. I I want I want actual questions from real players, and you can get that. You can tag me on Twitter at fusionffb. You can email fusionffb at gmail dot com. You can get an invite, ask for an invite to the group me chat, which probably that's the best option of all of them. We're always in there talking about different option, helping each other. And there's a whole bunch of quote unquote experts in there. And we just sit around and ask for help from each other about our, our, our leagues. It's pretty funny. Actually, I'm in there. I'm asking, you know, who should I start half the time? Uh, and it's supposed to be my podcast chat. So yeah, it that doesn't mean that I'm like the big boss who knows everything in that chat by any means. You'll get a lot of good advice from the other users, possibly better than my own. But that's that's kind of, that is actually more what Fusion Fantasy Football is about. And it's about 
bringing together all these different opposing ideas and uh, synthesizing, integrating them, and coming up with the best answer. And it doesn't mean it's always going to work. It just means we want to find uh, the best possible answer we can with what we know. So we obviously did a lot of waivers here on this podcast throughout the season. And that's how I'm going to vaguely connect today's topic to what I do here, because this podcast is not going to help you set your lineups. No, not not at all. If if that's what you need, then maybe put this on pause and and go listen to some uh, advice podcasts and get your lineups set, get them ready for the playoffs. Hopefully, you're in the playoffs. Um, that that's not that's not what we're doing here today. Today we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit of a rant, a little bit of a. I wanted it to be a fake football fight, but no one was willing to step up and fight me. Bunch of cowards out there. Basically, it started with a tweet, as always. And I do want to preface this as the tweet was by Jeff Ratcliffe of PFF at Pro Football Focus. And he has, look, Jeff has one of the best uh, solo host fantasy football podcast out there with his his pro football focus uh, podcast, and I I completely respect the work he does. I I don't always agree with him because I I think he is speaking to a larger audience. Sometimes his takes do seem a little uh, cliche or or a little bit too broad. You know, it's just the mainstream approach, and that's a problem with all of the the more mainstream outlets. Is is they're they're talking to probably not the people, not probably not to you and me, whoever you are out there listening right now. They're probably not going to be speaking directly to you as much as I'm right now. That said, he made a tweet that I I do think it's pretty fifty fifty across the fantasy football world however and we'll break down how that actually you know splits up i think there's a few interesting things there's a lot of different interesting things about this topic but i do want to read the tweet so just so you know from here on out there's going to be absolutely nothing useful for your playoffs hey football not only is it a fake football fight it's it's there's not even anyone here to fight me i just needed a job so here we go jeff ratcliffe at jeff ratcliffe said this said if you don't make the playoffs don't be a and here we get to rant number one there's lots of i told you there's a lot of layers to this Rant number one is stop using emojis or symbols or blanks for obvious words. Just say the word. And my reason is you're a coward. You're a coward if you do that. Because when I read it, when I read the emoji, the symbol, 
the blank that is is obvious what's there. When I read it, I say it in my head. You are making me say it in my head. So the least you can do is to actually say it. All right? So when he says, don't be a eggplant, we all know what he's actually saying. No one reads in their head, don't be an eggplant. Everyone reads, don't be a dick. So just say, don't be a dick. Or, or how about this? Just don't say, don't be a dick. Just say, be nice. Use friendly language. Use something more family friendly. If you're not going to say it, then don't say it. And don't make me say it just because you're too scared to. So, Rent one out of the way. If you don't make the playoffs, don't be a dick, I'll say it, and pick up players off waivers. Your season is over, but there's still plenty of DFS and sports betting left. And that's even true for consolation brackets. Teams who don't have a shot at the title shouldn't impact teams who do. This is complete nonsense. It is illogical. It is self-refuting. And and most of the things that are said to support it are not arg- arguments. Not, not an argument. So many of the things. So he even posted, he, he self-commented, all right, his next Tweet in the thread says, a lot of people looking at this from the side of the teams eliminated from the playoffs still being able to play. But what if the shoe was on the other foot? Would you want eliminated teams to be able to pick up players if you're competing for the championship? Yes, Jeff, the answer is yes. I would actually, because that's not an argument. That's feelings. That's how would you feel? No. We don't make rules based on feelings. If you're ma- if you're making up the rules as you go through life based on your feelings, look out. It's you're not it's not going to go very well. Okay, no no one's going to like your rules. You're all going to be arguing over what the rules are. The the rules are not based on your feelings. So, how I feel about this has first of all no impact on what the rules are. If your league has rules about this, then follow them. If your league does not have rules about them, then stop complaining. I don't care how it makes you feel. Because I've been on both sides of this. And I don't care. Yes, I do. If I'm if I'm competing for the championship, I, I sure hope I don't need waivers to win it. Because guess what? I've, I've probably have not been getting the best waivers or or for it's a fab I've probably spent all my waivers or if it's continuous waivers I've probably held on to a top pick for this very reason so that when there's someone I really do need to pick up I I get them and I don't need to rely on half the league just no longer picking up players so this is not an argument and so much of the pro uh, locking rosters side is not an argument. 
they say things like it's common sense. It's, oh, their season is over. Why should they? Um, there's so many comments and things that they say that they're not actually arguments. You're not actually reasoning out what the reason or consistency or what is what is the point? There's no reasons. It's just statements. And so we're going to go through some of these and we're going to talk about uh we're going to, I'm going to talk about how, like I said earlier, it's self-refuting and irrational, illogical, I should say. Um, I want to go back to the first tweet. He said, teams who don't have a shot at the title shouldn't impact teams who do. So that's the closest thing to an argument he has here. Um, the, the why not is not really included in here. It's just a statement, okay? But let's look at the statement. Even if this axiom is true, okay, teams who don't have a shot at the title should. All right, let's think about that. That means, well, that means we probably all have that team or two or even three at the bottom of the league who were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs back in what, week 11, 10, maybe even nine, two, 11, two, the two and uh, eight team right so the moment that they're eliminated and don't have a shot at the title should they stop playing should they stop setting lineups no we want them to keep playing because if they don't that affects their matchups oh right they have to play other teams who are still ha have a chance at the playoffs well, that's them impacting the playoffs then. So we should, what, redo the, the schedule entirely. So once you're mathematically eliminated, you don't you don't play anyone who could be in. The, oh, wait, no, but because now that affects strength of schedule and now you're not all playing the same people. So that's not fair either. Okay, so we no, every, we everyone has to play everyone for the entire season. We all know this. This is all agreed. All right, so for the entire season, we're all playing. Okay, um, now you get to the end of the season, and it's we're going to go with a standard 12-team league with a six-team playoff, okay? In that situation, literally half the league is now no longer able to make moves. A lot of people came back at his comment. They said that's even true for consolation brackets. I thought it was really interesting he included that little little clause because it seems to me if your team does have a consolation bracket, then you do have a reason to keep playing. Um, and, and this is one of the things where we're going to go on um, rabbit trail number two. A lot of the people who are making this argument, um, they seem to be a little bit disconnected from just regular people who are playing in regular leagues with friends just who, who just want to have fun. Because when people started bringing up, well, what about consolation brackets? He, he started talking about how, well, why should we reward the people who are losers? And I was like, do, do you not understand, Jeff Ratcliffe, do you not know what consolation brackets um, and toilet bowl 
you know what the point of them it's not to it's not to reward people it's to figure out who's going to be last or figure out rankings or figure out penalties maybe you have real world penalties people got to dress up in something and sing a song right do do they do are they so far removed from regular people that they don't understand that that's the kind of leagues that most of us have uh, i i've heard this many times listening to some of the and it's understandable because they're so involved in things they probably don't have a chance to be in these normal kind of leagues and so i kind of feel for them but i i remember this last off season hearing some guys from i think it was the cbs podcast but they were perplexed about slow drafts and they're like oh that's silly just just pick a date and do it um and, and they just somehow couldn't comprehend or couldn't get how slow drafts are are, are fun and it it stretches out the fun across a decent amount of time during the season and yes that means in dynasty leagues we do it early but we're we're okay with that it's fun it seems to be a lot of these people just i don't is it some kind of weird fantasy classism going on here that they're disconnected i don't know that's just an observation and it seems it's pretty 50 50 at least on the twitter population I would bet that as you get more to the regular people in regular leagues, they uh, are absolutely trying to screw their friends over by playing the spoiler, right? Um, I don't, I don't, it's, it's the only the, the leagues where people take themselves a little too seriously, where people start to really get huffy about this. Um, it's, it's pretty interesting actually. Um, but back, back to Jeff, I don't know what his what kind of leagues he's in. I don't I don't know what he meant by this, but it just seemed odd that he he was saying even consolation brackets and in another thread where someone was bringing up toilet poles, he he still just didn't quite seem to understand it. So I'm going to I'm going to separate that whole out because I think everyone who's listening to me right under, right now understands that if you if you still have something to play for, you should absolutely be able to make waiver claims so i think we're gonna set that aside okay we're gonna set it as if you have anything so we're just talking about a redraft here so no keepers no dynasties no redrafts that have um something to play for in a consolation or toilet bowl play for or to play against if you're trying to get out of it right you don't want to finish last all right so any and all cases where you have something to play for, you still want to set lineups, we're going to set those completely aside. Okay, because I don't want to make a straw man here. Uh, we're going to set those aside. That's obvious to all of us listening that you should still be able to play, right? So now it's question number two. What about those redrafts where... It's there's nothing in the rules about what happens at the end of the season to the losers. There's nothing in the rules that says anything about the waivers and locking, and it's just kind of out there. Is it? Is it? I mean, I've heard people call this a dick move, right? Bush league, and I think that's mostly what I resent in this is the idea that somehow you're a bad person 
um, just because you want to keep playing and having fun and messing with your buddies. Like that's might be the worst part of it, but we can come back to that. Back to my example. So you got six teams in, six teams out. The six teams that are out have nothing to play for. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Jeff makes the argument that teams who don't have a shot at the title shouldn't impact teams who do. Here's the thing, though. All season, all 12 teams were making waiver claims. And for much of this season, likely, depending on how you do waivers, and I we have to address that as well, but we're, I'm going to go right to the most basic common vanilla redraft league. And unfortunately, those also include weekly resetting waivers based on reverse rank, right? Now, the other option is a, a continuous uh, waiver order that, that does not reset. And, and when you use up your waiver claim, you go to the back of the line again indefinitely until someone else ahead of you gets back in the line behind you until eventually you get pushed back up towards the top or you make another claim that has to go through the system. Those are the two, when people say waivers, that really is how it wavers. Unfortunately, when people say waivers, a lot of time people also think of free agent auction uh, budget or blind bids and so on. And it's been used in so many different platforms synonymously that I'm not going to get on anyone's case about it. But I mean, I don't think technically those are waivers, but I, I do, I do get the point. Um, it does draw a distinction between just a free agent, free pickup and some, and, and the singular waiver run that goes for the entire league. So it's valuable that there's a distinction there. So I'm going to include in here fab, right? As your third option. So you've got fab, you've got continuous and you've got weekly resetting waivers. Those are your three basic options for what waivers, quote unquote waivers can be referring to. If, if you're doing free agent budget, then you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be locking anyone out of it. Everyone got the same amount of money. Everyone made their decisions. And there's no reason that now just because someone's in the playoffs that even though they only have $5 left, um, and there's a lot of people not in the players who have more than $5 left, there's no reason that now suddenly that person only has $5 left is going to get more out of their money because all the other playoff teams have even less. And now they only need to outbid them. And they don't have to worry about outbidding the other teams that are locked. That that doesn't make sense. So I'm going to set that aside. I'm not even going to argue about that. Some of my arguments are going to still apply. But when I'm talking about waivers, I'm not even going to talk about fab. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have to worry about this if you have fab. It takes care of the problem. And if you have continuous waivers, it's still possibly a problem, but it's far less so because... Again, everyone made their decisions. You decided to either hang on to your pick or you decided to go ahead and 
use it, right? That was your decision. So the only one here, the only option here that really you can understand there would be some contention is the weekly resetting waivers because just because you're a good team, you're at the back of the list. And so it, it's going to be penalizing your good teams, right? And that's fine during the regular season. That's fine. I mean, I, it's not my preferred way of doing it. Fab, then continuous, and then weekly would be the way to do it. But it's okay. It, it works. It's functional. It makes sure that... Uh, the league at least maintains some parity in in scoring and in um, in win losses, right? It may not really be very fair to the teams, but it at least maintains parity. But in this situation, you win the entire season with many people probably ahead of you with the option to pick up players. The entire season. If you're a playoff team, that means there's at least six players, if not more, who were ahead of you to pick up players. Why, once the playoffs start, are we going to change that? And I got into a, a bit of a back and forth with someone, and they didn't seem to. They didn't seem to get this. I kept. I kept saying it, and they kept saying, "There's no change." I'm like, "Yes, there is." A change. And Jeff Ratcliffe here says teams who don't have a shot at the title should not impact teams who do. But here's the problem. If you lock out teams that are not in the playoffs, then those teams are impacting the playoff teams. They are impacting the playoff teams with their absence. Their absence is something new. They weren't absent before. They were there all six of them, six plus, ahead of you. So when a good player came up because of uh, opportunity, injury, at this time probably just injury, right? When that happens, the bad teams were taking the cream off, they were taking the cream off the top. So the truly good teams that were getting the playoffs were maintaining their team and staying good and kept winning despite not being able to get that cream. Why should they suddenly out of nowhere be able to get the cream of the crop? And now they're going to be getting players that are impactful that they never were getting before. That is a change. That's more of an impact than the other way around. A couple years ago, I won a league uh, where I picked up Robbie Anderson, I think it was one or two weeks into the playoffs. And if you remember to end of 2018, Robbie Anderson was kind of going on his tear. And I think he's about to go on another one for what it's worth. There you go. I said, I, I, I lied. I said this was going to be all useless information, but there you go. I gave you something useful. But... If you remember, he went off and uh, Keenan Allen got beat up in a game. And so I was able to to play him instead. And he ended up outscoring what Keenan Allen would have done anyway. And I barely won. And it was only the difference in points. And it was a two-week playoffs matchups. 
And there was only the difference in points from Robbie Anderson over what I had in my lineups before that made the difference. And I should not have been able to do that. I slipped into those playoffs as the sixth spot. You know, it was one of those situations where you're sitting there and you're looking at it and you're like, okay, this this team has to lose in this matchup and this team needs to win in that other matchup and I need to win this matchup by at least this many points. There was about five different things that had to happen in those last two regular season weeks for me to slip in and they all happened and I had made some trades and I had a solid team then and I won the league. But the only reason I was able to pick up Robbie Anderson is because I had such a high waiver order because I was the last place team left. And we didn't even have a rule about it. It was just no one else seemed to care enough to be active. And so I got first pick of the litter and that wasn't right. There's no way I should have been able to get Robbie Anderson because all season a player like that would not have been available for me. And so now a team who slipped into the playoffs was able to get a player better than they should have been able to get. And that was able to help me win the whole thing. And I guarantee you that the the one seeds, the two seed and so on, they were not happy that this guy slipped in and then got the best player on waivers and it helped him win the whole thing. I guarantee you they were not happy. And I can't really blame them. And so if we want to go to, um, you know, let's look at it from the other side. How would you feel if it was on the other, the shoe was on the other foot? Well, how would you feel if you're first overall and you watch someone barely get in, then get first waiver pick. And that's the week that, you know, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to jinx it, but that running back, we all know who has the obvious backup who, It's not one of the popular ones. It's not Madison or one of these ones that everyone knows for sure. It's that kind of borderline that everyone has an eye on, but no one really wants to quite make room on their roster for. And of course, that's the week it happens. And so that guy gets him. And now he's got a starting running back for the playoffs. Is that really fair? I mean, you should just lock all all the rosters then. for the and, And some leagues do that. And you know what? Whatever your rules are, just at least make rules for it. So that's how it's self-refuting. When you argue, this specific argument for locking waivers is self-refuting, saying that teams who are not in it should not impact teams who are. And I say, you're right, which is why we should maintain the status quo. Don't change anything. We were still making, we were making claims before ahead of them. We should be making claims now ahead of them. The only change you're going to make is to suddenly allow teams to get players that they never would have gotten before. And that's going to be a larger impact and it's going to create more variation and more unfair, perceived at least, unfairness in your playoffs. If you are dead If you have a weekly resetting waivers and you're dead set on locking out, here's what I suggest you do. At least you can do is manually set the waiver order so that the number one seed has the number one waiver claim. Because they played all season at the back of that list and still came out number one. They earned the one seed. 
give them a reward for the one seed. Give them a reward. The, look, the one and the two get a buy, but past that, there's no benefit. There's no benefit to ranks in playoff seeding. Oh, supposedly you get to play the worst team that came in. We all know how that goes most of the time. That means nothing. The the top six, four, four to six teams in a league can beat any of those other three to five teams, whatever your team, their league is, any given week. All right. There's rarely ever one team that's just so dominant that you just want to avoid playing them. Yes, there's teams you look at and you're like, well, if I could help it, he's got some good matchups. I'd like to avoid him this week. Of course. But for the most part, it doesn't matter that the one seed plays the, the well, okay, if you've got to buy that the three plays the six and the four plays the five, like whatever. That's not a benefit. That's not a reward. So at least you could make the waivers thing a, a benefit. At least we could do that. If if you're if you're gonna still lock it out, okay, so that's why it's self-refuting. And then of course later um, in that discussion earlier today, actually I I made the tweet. I kind of stepped it up the uh, up to the ante a little bit. You could say I said uh, if you do not make it into the playoffs in your redraft league, it is your moral duty to maintain the competitive level of your league by continuing to pick up the best players off of waivers and not giving them up to teams that were not able to get them for much of the season. All right, you got to keep that status quo. Don't suddenly make it easy on them because really what you're doing is you're impacting the playoffs by your absence far, far more than you are impacting them by claiming players. And here's the interesting thing by a lot of the people who were arguing on the other side. They didn't seem to, I, I don't know if I'm just not communicating it well, but they don't seem to get it. And they kept on going back to, um, they kept saying, well, why should they get the benefit? Why are they setting lineups? And I kept saying, who said anything about setting lineups? Again, we're we're setting aside all the examples where people are still playing for something. So those cases are out of the way. Yeah, they're setting lineups. I'm just talking about a situation where non-playoff teams are just chilling. They're just hanging out. Um, Who said anything about starting lineups or playing for something? I don't need them to set lineups or play for something. I need them to continue serving the function they were serving all season by removing the better players from waivers so that the better teams didn't get them right that that's all i need them to do that's all i'm asking you to do is continue that function and and people didn't get to see didn't seem to be able to disconnect those things that i'm not asking you to set lineups i'm not asking you to play for something i'm not asking you to get a benefit or know, someone said something about uh eating you know if you're a bottom feeder you don't get to eat what has nothing to do with that. It's more like if you're if you were at the back of the line all season, you don't suddenly get to eat, right? You don't get to skip to the front all of a sudden and start getting picks that you weren't getting before. That's more of a change 
than maintaining the status quo. And you'll, argue, you'll notice I'm actually giving an argument here. I'm saying what I think it should be and what my reasons for it are and what my rationale for what's fair or just is. And in this case, I'm saying what's, what's fair is consistency. And it's about not penalizing the teams who did better, right? Because again, if you're the one seed, you, you did that all season and you're the one seed and now... Now you're making it easier for their competition to get good players. And that that just does not seem right. It does not sit well with me to penalize someone who earned their one seed. And I also wanted to offer an alternative for, for some of the other option. Like if you do have fab, then maybe what you can do is okay, go ahead and, and lock, go ahead and lock the non-playoff teams. But maybe reset the money for the playoff teams. Put them all back on the same level. Or even give more money according to, to your rank. That can be a benefit like we were talking about. Now you're adding something to it. So if you're a commissioner out there, get, get creative. Because here's the other problem I just don't like about this whole thing. is we We tell teams they have to keep playing all season long. And then we get to this point where we're like, no, you're done. Sit down. And it doesn't, it's not conducive to an active league at all. And that's maybe that's part of that classism to kind of come back to it. A lot of these people who maybe are, are used to being the better ones in their leagues um, and they get bothered by the, the peons, you know, ruining things for them. I, I don't know. I, I hope that's not what it is for some of these people, but. I have to I have to sometimes wonder because that's kind of the attitude that it it comes off as sometimes only some of them but that's kind of lazy league lazy rules lazy commissioner if if you're not trying to come up with new ways to keep the people engaged and so you you really should to you should have some kind of consolation or toilet bowl I'm in a league where a home league where <laughs> We only finally just started this, um, and I'm the commissioner of it, so yeah, I should have been doing something about it, but hey, we got to vote about things. It takes time. It's a process. So what we did is we finally got it figured out that we would do the, it's a keeper league, and so future picks and draft order does kind of matter, and uh, we base, we're going to base the draft order on the results of the toilet bowl for the non-playoff teams. Very easy. And we added a, another penalty for the regular season loser. You know, so these are all ways now people have um, reasons to keep playing. They have reasons to not sell all their good players because now they're not going to be able to compete in the toilet bowl. And uh, they're probably going to end up with a you know, the sixth pick, it's not going to be very nice. Whereas the best team who missed the playoffs is going to have a better chance of getting the number one. And I know that seems unfair, but it's a longer, in this league, it's more like a dynasty. And so you have that longer term approach. It just keeps people involved. Come up with things, talk to the people, find out what penalties you want. There's a lot of things we can do here, guys, to 
get people involved, keep people involved, and not just tell people to stop playing and stop caring. And that's the thing that's so crazy to me is, are we really going to tell people to stop caring? And and I've even seen people arguing that, oh, why do you care? That's strange. You get a life. You really still care? Y- yeah, I, I guess. I guess I don't have a life. Apparently not because I have a fantasy football podcast. Makes sense. But that's just the thing. Encourage people to stay active. Stop discouraging people and telling them to do nothing. That helps nobody. It's not fun. It's not just about you winners. Look, you winners, I hope, I hope you're in a league with, with money and you're actually playing for money. That's what you're trying to win, all right? We're just trying to have fun, the rest of us. I mean, if you're in a league that's just for fun, then, well, then you really should have something to keep everyone involved for the fun. If you're just playing for bragging rights, you at least you at least might as well make sure that there's something on the other end so you're you're playing to avoid shame or something, right? All right, I'm going to stop going on about this. I've talked enough about it. Uh, I'm going to say that that somehow vaguely connected into waivers, right? I think, I guess, kind of. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. Any sit starts you can get invited to this group me chat. I haven't talked about it a lot during the season, but I'm going to bring it up now because in the playoffs is probably the part this is the kind of time when it's going to help the most. So let's let's do it. Get in here. Again, DM me at Fusion FFB. My DMs are open. Don't abuse it. You can tell me how wrong I am about this entire podcast. Go ahead. I'm sure there's some who disagree. There's some who disagree, but not strongly enough to care. I respect that. But again, at the end of the day, just make rules. And I did say I wanted to come back to it about the, the 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 part that turned me off the most was, yes, of course, the telling people to stop playing. But again, it was also the, you're a dick if you do it. Uh, it's a Bush League move if you do it. it these kind of comments, uh, to me, that's that was the worst part of it all. It, it's really hard to tell someone that just because of your perceived principles and morality that someone's a bad person for doing something that's that there's not even any rules for or against. So you have an unwritten rule based upon some, some principle or, or rule or axiom that you made up as something that you think is common sense. But I can actually give you the clear logic for why I believe the complete opposite is what's moral and right. And you 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 won't accept that. And you're still saying I'm a dick. And maybe you're the dick then, you know, if that's your position. If that you think other people are dicks um, because they disagree with your completely arbitrary uh, rule that you made up. Yeah, maybe you're the dick. Sorry. See you guys next time.